Welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. I want to read Ephesians 4, 11 to 16. Just want to highlight it. We're not going to delve into it because we, we, we delved into it. Last year, yes, for those visiting, I did that on purpose. Um, f- last year, we, we delved into Ephesians 4, 11 to 16 for about 12 weeks. Just want to highlight that again today. Um, and then I feel like the Lord's going to give us some practical things that are going to help us lay our lives down. Is that okay? No, I don't, I don't have to do it. Um, but yeah, is that okay? Ephesians 4, 11 to 16. Here we go. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Verse 16 and closing it out, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy, growing and full of love. Can we say amen to that? Just a great idea by Jesus. Did he just set it up? The plan, the heart of God is that every single person on the planet would encounter him, receive him, embrace him, who he is, believe in him, and have eternal life and encounter his love and character and nature forever. That's his plan. We see it clearly. You know, Peter, John, the books of the Bible, that he's slow in keeping his promise that none should perish, but all would come to repentance, to, to change the way that they think about him and themselves, and that their behavior will follow. That's his heart. So his heart and plan is that everyone knows him and the plan happens through believers releasing heaven on the earth everywhere they go, which is designed to happen through the church. That's how it works. That's the plan. He loves it. And Jesus wanted to set the church up, and I'm not going into this, but he, he wanted to set the church up really, really well because it's the, it's the method, it's the vehicle in which heaven comes to earth because the church is a group of people, a sent out assembly in the Greek, a sent out assembly, sent ones. We are the sent ones that, that have encountered heaven, that have encountered the king of the kingdom, and we go out and release and touch and bless and encourage and share and demonstrate and practically, tangibly and measurably bring the kingdom into every crack and crevice of society and every situation we find ourselves in. That's the great joy and the plan and the heart of the Father, to, to do all that through us. And the method and the vehicle and the way he does it is through the church. And Jesus set it up really, really well. The goal is to think, live and love like Jesus. Wrote here, for this to continue, for this to happen... For us to continually grow in it, we need to put some things in place that are going to help us. 
Like Jesus thought it was a great idea. He's so intentional. Don't you love a God that's very intentional? He, he's not just chaotic. He's purposeful. Like he does things on purpose. He wants to set us up really, really well. So he gave gifts to the church so that this place can function really well. And we're, we're praying and pondering and planning how those gifts can play out over the coming years in the church. Jesus thought the same, that things are put in place so that everything in his heart can come to pass. I don't know about you, but I can have great intentions and not be intentional. I can have great intentions, but not be intentional. I can have a great vision, I can have a great idea, but then the legs and the arms and the moving parts of the idea, sometimes I can struggle with. He gave gifts to the church, but he also taught. I love that teaching and the Word of God defines and articulates who God is to us. Without the teaching and the um, the unpacking and the parables and the stories and the articulation of the authors of the New Covenant and Old Covenant, we wouldn't know what God is. We could sense it, but there's no defining moment or text that articulates what we're experiencing. We can experience something, but it's... And again, the things of the Spirit, there's going to be things that we will encounter that we actually can't... Um, put words to. Like in the book of Acts, it was like a mighty rushing wind when the presence came. It wasn't a mighty rushing wind, but the author wanted to describe something. It was like a mighty rushing wind. It wasn't a mighty rushing wind. It was like a mighty rushing wind. So what was it like? I'm not sure. Paul said, I was caught up into the third heaven and I experienced things so incredibly deep and profound um, and, and exhaustive, things that I can't even explain. I can't even share them. I was swept up into glory, into a third, um, a third heaven encounter. You can read it for yourselves in the book of Corinthians. He was caught up, but he couldn't actually describe what he experienced. So there's always going to be spiritual realities that we struggle to articulate, and that's okay. But a lot of the time, we're going to because it's just life. We communicate, we talk, we articulate, we define. And it's the same with God. The Bible is critical. It's not, I'm going to pause that, it's critical. It's critical for us to know Him. It's critical for us to know Him. It lays this beautiful foundation of invitation with the author. And Jesus was the same. He didn't just do. He didn't just release presents. He didn't just heal. He didn't just, um, you know, put a fish in the, uh, uh, a coin in the fish's mouth and didn't say anything. He always demonstrated, but He also taught. He always demonstrated and taught. And his very first teaching gives us a great insight because he wanted to set the church up for, for longevity, for legacy, for influence, for cultural change, um, that people would come alive in him. And he wanted to do it really well. So he gave gifts to the church. But before he gave gifts to the church, he modeled what the father was like and what the kingdom was like. And he, and he, and he taught and he did and aren't you thankful that we've got some clear truth, some things to follow? That, that I mean, when I uh, encountered Jesus and became born again, before I said yes, there were things in my heart that I could not explain. There were things happening deep within me that I could not um, articulate. But when I read the Bible, when I read the Gospels, things jumped out at me and confirmed what I was feeling. It was like this... this 
um, medical diagnosis book that I've got a symptom and I read a book and I discover the symptom. I discover what it's about, what it meant. I've got this pain behind my knee and now I read behind the knee pain. Oh yeah, that's exactly what I'm feeling. That's what the Bible's like. That we've got this stuff that goes on in us all the time and it's hard to define, it's hard to articulate, it's hard to, what is it? And then when we delve into the, the, the life-altering scriptures and we read the Holy Spirit touching and Jesus speaking and doing and the Father, how he sees us, it, it, it defines, it, it, it articulates what we're experiencing. And I'm so thankful for it. And Jesus knew this. That's why he taught and did. Are you guys Okay. So we're going to put up the first um, passage of teaching that Jesus did, the very first teaching that Jesus did. And I love the Bible. We just, when we see the first time things happen, it's, it's a powerful statement of, of ongoing realities. Is that okay? Matthew 5, it's going to be up on the screen. Matthew 5, uh, uh, 1 to 12. We're going to read 12 verses and then we'll talk about what we're going to talk about. Makes sense, doesn't it? Wow, it's professed so deep. Matthew 5, uh, yeah, that's great. 1 to 12, 12 verses. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and began to teach them, saying, here we go, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, the gentle, teachable, easy to lead, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Verse 7, blessed are the merciful, for they will be, uh, oh, I better read it like this, different translations in my head, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they, sh they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Verse 10, blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Verse 11 and 12, blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me, Jesus talking. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is in heaven and it's great for in this same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Wow, it's great, isn't it? Bless, 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 bless. Um, theologians, translators, they call these the Beatitudes. So Jesus presented eight mindsets, eight attitudes, and eight core values. The Beatitudes, the first teaching of Jesus. The, the hello, the hello guys. I'm the son of God, Jesus Christ, the anointed one, my business card, Jesus Christ. Christ, the anointed one, King of kings, Lord of lords, yep, here we go. Miracles, amazing, yeah, water into wine, whoa, here we go, here we go. You know, dead people being raised from the dead, blind eyes opening, having a crack at religious leaders that aren't receiving him because he is the one, he was there in the beginning. John says in John chapter one, without him, nothing was made that was made, wow. So Jesus was there in the beginning. We can just get caught up in God the Creator doing it all, but Jesus was there. Wow, Holy Spirit was there. They were just all, all doing it. And then Jesus rocks up, so good. And he starts to do miracles. Then he goes, hey, let's teach some stuff. Let's articulate. Let's define who God is. 
Let's define the Father. Let's define what matters to me. We're in a season now of discovering what matters to Him. How good was the devotionals this week? Oh, oh. I mean, I wrote them. But um, uh, last week, small group leaders did it. Wow, they were great too. Um, But wow, this week. (laughs) But just super, just super wrecked by reading them again, even though I wrote them. And they're so good, aren't they? Wow, we should publish them, I think. Um, We should. Um, Wow, they're great. Um, Oh, aren't they great? But challenging. Carefully determine what pleases him. That song, the song we sing, it's like almost annoying. Because it's like, I mean, not that I feel annoyed in it, but I'm like, oh man, giving up your life. Like, uh, salvation's free, but revival costs everything. Um, That's awkward. Salvation's free, but revival costs everything. But it was so deep last week. And, and Jesus is like, Jesus is like, hey, guys, things are about to get wild. Things are, it's, it's about to go down for the next three years. I'm, I'm about to flip this thing on its head. Everything you've known about God, I'm going to flip it upside down. It's not going to conflict or contradict. But the method, the experience, it's all changing. There's going to be a new operating system. There's going to be a new way of thinking. There's going to be encounters that David had, but you're going to have, and it's going to go to another level. You're going to be anointed, and the anointing is going to remain. You will still grow in it, but you're never not anointed. You're never not favoured. You're never not graced. You're never not loved. You're never not full of joy and peace and hope and forgiveness. It's, there's this whole new reality, and Jesus is like, it is about to go down, and you're about to see things that your grandpa and granddad dreamed about. Because Daniel didn't see it. Moses isn't going to see this. They will see it, but not in reality. It's about to go down. But before it went down, he wanted to highlight what mattered to heaven. Because he's training up 12 people that had no clue on what mattered to heaven. I just want to move your heart. Well, how am I going to move your heart if I don't know what matters to you? That's why Paul said, carefully determined what pleases the Lord. 2 Corinthians, make it your goal to please him. And we don't confuse that with identity and salvation and who we are to him. No, we don't. Because he's always proud because he separates who we are with what we do. And we struggle to do that. We go, this is who you are. This is what you did. This is who you are then. We combine it into a big ball. You did this, so that's who you are. He says, no, no, that's who you are. The, the intricate, unique, incredible wiring, that's who you are. And, oh, you did that. Bummer. That's going to get in the way of our love, but I'm not linking you. Like you're not, you are not what you do. You are not your sin. Because <laughs> you don't have a sinful nature. Just got to keep throwing that out there. <laughs> but Jesus is like, it's about to go down. My plan is to use people forever. And if I don't articulate what we're about, there's going to be confusion. There's going to be some funky beliefs. So he went on a journey of highlighting it, what matters to him, eight mindsets, eight core values. But then they can have as a foundation among a lot of other truths and they can go out and be him to the world. How does that feel?
Awesome. So we're going to talk about in the remaining period of time, we're going to talk about core values. I'm going to ask you a question that isn't meant to belittle you. But do you know your core values? Could you write them down now? (laughs) Do you know them? Three or four, five, five max. But do you know your three core values that govern your choices and decision-making? That it's like this, this inside, this is what I value, this is who I am. This is governing my decision. Of course, his presence governs decisions, word of God, always. But core values, there's something about core values. There's something about these eight mindsets. I'm not talking about these eight mindsets, but I'm talking about mindsets and core values and things that we value that are dear to us, that are personal to us, that will be different person to person. Do we value the whole Bible? Yes. Do we welcome it, embrace it, try and live it out? Yes. Are you going to operate on all, 12, uh, all nine gifts of the Spirit every day? No. You'll tend to gravitate towards the one that sparks joy and passion and enthusiasm and excitement because the Lord isn't trying to tease you. Well, you can't have the word knowledge. You've got to have the distinguishing of spirits because you hate it. <laughs> now, of course, one day he might go, hey, guess what? This is who you are. And then there'll be prophecies and encouragement and it'll be a great journey into that. But the Lord's so kind and great that he sets us up, sets us up for a win. So core values are a big deal. Benj and I uh, came up with this list. Let's clap Benj before we even share. I forgot to put BW next to the ones that you actually wrote, but it was a while back. It was like last year. But, um, so dictionary. I think some of these are going to be up on the screen, actually. So I'll be kind because there's a few. 11.29. Here we go. Core values. A principle or belief that a person or an organization views as being of central importance. Again, word of God, I'm just going to state this, maybe I might say it again, but we just got to be careful. We were saying, just because we say one thing, it doesn't mean we're not saying something else. Can we just say that? Often messages, we can get so caught up in having to say every single thing that the other side, like, you know, there's not a true quote because there's another side to every quote. But there's sides to this that I could teach on for a long time about the Bible and valuing all the Bible. We do that, and I'm not talking about that today. Done? Cool. But there's core values. A principle or belief that a person or an organisation views as being of central importance. Here we go. Core values, this is what they are. Core values are guiding principles that help us respond to circumstances. If you like these, you can say, well, that's good. Then I'll tell you who wrote it. No. (laughs) Core values help us define how we want to live our life. I like that one too. Core values create a foundation of how we want to respond to life. Core values are based on who we are and who we want to be. Ooh, oh, that's good. I might even put these on the website. Core va- I'm going to read that one again, actually. Core values are based on 
who we are and who we want to be. This next one's great. I think this is Benjamin's. Core values helps us decide how we want to be up front. Then whenever life throws uncertainty our way, we respond by saying, I've already made this choice. Ooh, ooh, that is good, isn't it? I know what I believe, but my core value says that I respond like this. <laughs> oh, wow. Core values remind me of who I am and who I've chosen to be. That, was that been in there? Maybe not. They are the things that are, oh, I love this. I think this is Benji as well. Um, they are things that are true before, no, maybe this is mine. No. They, they are, we'll have a vote. I'm going to have 10 boxes up the back and you can put in which one. They are the things that are true before, during, or after circumstances about who you are and who you want to be. Why is this important? Question mark. Core values help define who we are and what we are about. Well, I'm just about the kingdom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That can, okay, cool. Great answer. Praise be to the Lord. But how is it going to play out moment to moment, day to day, on purpose, when you're busy? Chaos, kids, work, drop-offs, dreams, fulfillment, hobbies, lists, house, future, work. Remember that list we did a couple of years ago of all the categories of your life, everything that you're responsible for? (laughs) Praise the Lord, I'm all about the kingdom. How is it going to happen? Jesus Jesus didn't go, here's the church, sweet, awesome, presents, blow up, awesome, all the best. He's like, no, no, I'm going to give gifts to the church. Five gifts, they're going to function in the church and there's layers and levels to each one of them. And we can have two pastors in the room and they each have layers and levels to each of them and they're, they, they, they're different, but they're both pastors. And you go, this is going to set it up, the temple. God was so meticulous about the temple and how it was set up that he got craftsmen and put his spirit on the craftsmen and they did their thing. They were crafty. But he's so on purpose. But he's so the wind blows wherever it pleases. It's this combination of word, detail, organisation, intentionality, but presence and spirit and what if and when and oh my goodness, I can't describe this. Encounters, spiritual realities. Core values help define who we are and what we are about. Core values, wow. Core values help us consistently live out who we are. Love this one. Core values help us na- navigate conflict. Mm. Mm. Core values help us communicate. Core values are a thermostat. They are not a thermometer. Core values set the temperature of who you want to be, what you want to be like, what your home wants to be like. Having core values as a family sets the atmosphere of a home. Core values are the fuel for us to be intentional. So I think it was March, let's go to, uh, oh, here we go, March the 10th, 2016, 11.39am on my notes in the hospital room when Bella was born the day before. Core values of parenting. 
pray and declare first. Medicine's amazing. Pray and declare first, even if it's for five seconds, and then Panadol gets pumped in. But it's pray and declare first. Bella vomited the other day from eating way too much candy. And it's like, and again, it's like, um, we can go into quick, quick, clean it up, but it's, it's praying. Did, did you pray? It's always, and it's not rude, but it's, we've, we've established these as core values. And it's like, yes, Justin, I'm cleaning it up. No, 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 we've, we've agreed about this. We're, we're doing it. We're, we're doing it. We, we pray and declare first. Lean into his heart and hear his voice. Core value of our, of our, of our parenting. Whenever stuff comes up, we, we pause, we lean in. Is it right then? No, but always right there? No, no, it's, but we will. Be aware and totally consumed by peace. Wow. Our home can get wild, but it's peace. It's not chaotic. It's not anxious. It's not fearful. It's not frustrating. It's, it's the honest truth. It's, it's, is it chaotic? Is Jude a nutter? Is he a nutter? Yeah, he's a nutter. Absolute nutter. I love it. But just because he's loud and a nutter, <laughs> our house is full of peace. Be aware and totally consumed by peace, which is anchored in his character and nature and his love for each of us. This is core values of our home. Then make a decision that is led by peace and wisdom. Number five, decisions must be made with unity. It's a core value. We don't make decisions in our home unless we're both in unity so that we don't blame each other if that goes pear-shaped that I decided. Yeah? So it's core values. It's showing up. This is who I want to be, and I've already made the choice. So when things throw at me, I get to pause and go, what's my core value? What do I believe? Who am I? What do I want? Who do I want to be? I've already decided this, who I want to be. What is it? Oh, wow. Okay. I'm tempted not to be generous because of how the waiter treated me. No, no, no. Okay. So my generosity to this waiter has nothing to do with them. Wow. Because my core value is generous. Wow. So I don't tip based on how you treat me. I tip on who I am. It's a core value of mine. I tip when there's poor service. I never not tip. Never not tip. There's, there's no circumstance. Is there a challenge in between the how I was treated and whether I tip? Oh, yeah. But I'm just glad that I've established a core value of, of who I want to be before a circumstance, during it and after it. So James and John were challenged with some core values. I'm running out of time. Fair income. <laughs> Such a good message. The next 30 minutes is so good. Can't do it. But James and John were immersed into the life of Jesus as he taught and demonstrated. And they started to learn these core values, these attitudes, these mindsets, be attitudes, the beatitudes, the foundational pillars, the filters, which decisions were made. But they were challenged with them. They go into a city and they didn't believe. And they go, hey, Jesus, did we set fire to the city? <laughs> Jesus is like, hey, Cheech. Hey, can I remind you that blessed are the peacemakers? For they shall be called sons and daughters of God. Oh, okay. Yeah, I forgot we spoke about that. Blessed are the peacemakers. Yep, I won't, I won't torch the city. Sweet. What about Peter when he pulled out the knife? 
and cut Matthias's, I think it was Matthias, one of the Gospels says it well, I think it's Luke, detailed Gospel, because he was a physician, isn't that cool? He cut the guy's ear off. And just like, whoa, 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 cool value. <laughs> Can I remind you of the cool value of the kingdom? What are you doing? It's like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. And then he passed to the church, wow. But this is a big deal. We've got Bible examples. How do we discover core values? Core values are a part of us. Here's the cool thing. Core values are already a part of you. You already have them and you are already operating in them whether you know it or not. Here's the game changer. When you can define them and articulate them and become aware of them, it releases this value and power on your life so that you can show up and live present moment to moment and not wonder and second guess decisions that you make. Core values are already a part of you, but a lot of us just don't know it. And the, and the, the challenging thing is when we don't know them, we will constantly violate them, which actually hurts us. And we wonder why things aren't working or missing. It's because we're designed to deeply care about things and to be fully aware that we care about things and not just have these things that burn in us that he gave to us and we stuff them down and we're not aware of them so that when things come up and we go, hey, that, I'm, that matters to me. But we don't know how or why or is it a core value or is it a thing that I'm building my life on? So we let it pass and we wonder why this is something that's not right. Core values. Do you know them? Are you showing up on purpose moment to moment? They help us make great choices. They help us be who we've already chosen to be. I hope this makes sense. They are deeply personal. Again, the scriptures, the life-giving promises, the prophetic words, the testimonies, all of that's true and great and amazing and we value it all, but there are going to be specific key things that matter to you that don't matter to me. Let's rephrase that. There's gonna be key things, there's gonna be core days in Tamara that I value, that I think are great and I probably agree, concur and do but they, they just don't burn within me. Does that make sense? And it's okay. How about we pick this up again after Easter? Because I think it's really good. Wisdom says, let's talk about this on the 11th of April. Is that okay? They are deeply personal. They bring passion to us. But we need to dig a little bit. We've got to dig a little bit. Often, Sometimes they're, they're really deep. Other times they're under the surface. And we've got to go on a journey to discover them. My four core values. Generosity. Nothing is impossible. Encouragement. And fun and humour. And I'm going to talk about that on the 11th, of how they show up in my life when I'm challenged to not be the person that I know I am and the, the, the one that I was created to be. This is part of our personal archive that we're all working on that we set up last year. We're going to have a personal archive of all the things so that we can truly show up and we can celebrate each other for the differences and the uniqueness that we all carry. Is that cool? So Jesus, before Leroy Box gets up, I thank you, God, that you've wired us uniquely. 
Yeah, that on purpose you put special things in us that cause us to be passionate, that cause joy. And I thank you that it's designed to help us in our decision-making, in our choices, in our life, in the moment to moment. Yeah, I thank you, God, that you are on this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening.